Well, good morning. Welcome to Q&A. This is your opportunity to text in questions from the service this morning. And so the number is up on the screen and we would invite you to text anything in that is kind of stirring in your mind or your heart this morning um, as we continued in Ephesians and Spirit-filled. So this week, out of Ephesians, but <laughs> right. in Spirit-filled. Same theme. Same theme um, in Spirit-filled giving. And so we have some questions that have already come in, so we're good. ready to Let's get rolling. In. All right. Um, first question. With the limited income, after yeah. I've given to the church and missionaries we support, there is little in the budget to do more than pay bills. When I turn down requests for which I've not budgeted, mainly those sent through mail, email, text, um, am I sewing sparingly? Uh, first, uh, I appreciate the order. What I heard the, the question say, I give first, and then I meet my bills, which is God-glorifying. And I would say that it's not God-glorifying to not pay our bills bills because we gave okay we had to work in order to be able to provide for ourselves we saw this early in ephesians to not only provide for ourselves but have some to share so i'm not suggesting that we should give apart from uh meeting our needs now sometimes our wants get so take over so much that they can inflate our bills and we have mm -hmm. to work backwards potentially and go all right, have I inflated what I think I need so much that I don't have anything left to give? So we give, uh, we pay our bills, and we give. I don't have much after, I think the question was, and um, am I being sowing sparingly? I want to I be careful about how I answer mm -hmm. this. Because as easy it is to, not easy, as I think right it is to blow up the whole concept of tithing, as it's not repeated in the New Testament letters, I don't want to then reinsert now an, an, a concept that would put people under a burden again. We get to respond in grace. So I would, I would counsel. No, I'm not going to determine whether they're sowing sparingly or uh, bountifully. That's between them and the Lord as you purpose in your heart. If you're sowing to the degree that you can, um, I would not hesitate to say, Lord, I'd like to give more if I had more. I'm going to give as much as I responsibly can there. And responsibly can is, again, giving generously as I can. I'd like to give more. I want to be a vessel. So ask the Lord for more to give, not for more to spend on yourself. The other thing that I would add here is this individual talked about spending and talked about sharing, but didn't talk about saving. Unless you have come to a personal conviction against saving, uh, and I, I'd be careful about even coming to a personal conviction against saving because the scripture does indicate that we should save responsibly. The Proverbs is full of wisdom that says the wise man stores up for the rainy season, for the time of lack. The foolish man consumes it all. So, it's not irresponsible or ungodly or 
uh, selfish to save. Now, I confessed in the message, you can save too much. And that's where I have to guard my heart against saving so much that uh, I'm living out of fear instead of living out of love for the Lord and trust in the Lord. So pay your bills, give as you're able. Uh, don't shrink back from saving responsibly for the future. And as you have opportunity to give more, ask the Lord for provision for that. So I can't tell the condition of their heart. I'd be reluctant to do that. But I would encourage them to ask for more so that they could give more. Because it sounds like a heart that wants to be generous. They want to be able to serve in those areas. Absolutely. Um, So a question here with some of the saving piece. So how do you decide what to give when unexpected bills pile up and your expenses exceed your income for an extended period of time? How do you make sure you're being generous while still trying to provide for your family? Yeah, there's a, there's a fair question, and I expected uh, some of these in some form. So um, unexpected bills. Uh, replacing a roof on your house is not an unexpected bill. Mm. An oil change in your car is not an unexpected bill. Even repairs on your car are not unexpected bills. We have, as part of our budget, an understanding that things require maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, AC units break. And when people go, oh, man, that's an unexpected bill, I think, no, you should know AC units break. So part of our savings is not only, long, not only long-term savings. We have what I would describe as short-term maintenance saving. So that I'm not caught off guard in regards to those, uh, those situations. So uh, that might be a thought to consider, to relook at how you budget and go, am I calling unexpected expenses things that I should have expected? Hmm. And build those in. Uh, so that was the first thing that connected. Read the question to me again. Uh, Sorry, Sorry. I'm messing you up. Um, Let's see. How do you decide what to give when unexpected bills pile up and your expenses exceed your income for an extended period of time? Uh, How do you make sure you're still being generous while providing for your family? Yeah. We never want to live in a manner that our expenses exceed our income. Right. So uh, really look at your expenses and say, have I created expenses that are not needs they are wants. So that would be, uh, I think you got to take a fine tooth comb through your expenses and really ask yourself, have I overspent? Because usually financial problems usually are not income issues, they're expenditure issues. Mm. We create expenses based on uh, predictable income. And I would encourage you, Always create expenses that are far less than your predictable income because predictable income is not a thing. First <laughs> uh, Timothy 6 says money can take wings and fly away. So I'd be careful about that. Because it's God, God glorifying to pay our bills, you got to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Just try and reduce the bills. But pay your bills to the glory of God, but try to adjust so that that's not... The rest, that's not your foreseeable future. 
Yeah, I, when it popped into my mind, I thought healthcare. <clears throat> like, okay, now you've got emergency room visits or yeah. something like that that yeah. you <clears throat> can't plan on, but sometimes you can plan that you might have sure. one <clears throat> of those situations. A line in my short-term savings says medical. Mm. So I expect that we'll have medical bills. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't. <clears throat> and if I don't have them, then that's opportunity for potential more giving. But I don't think medical bills are unexpected. I think cars die, <laughs> people get sick, roofs leak. We live in a world where things break. That's not unexpected, including yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, let's see. So giving is certainly tied to money, but isn't, but isn't it more about service in the spirit? Giving money is only a small part of giving. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I hear what's being said there, and I know it's often said, well, you can give in lots of ways, that's not money. Mm-hmm. True, unless that's a justification not to give money. <laughs> we should not uh, miss that G- when, when Jesus said, you can't serve two masters. You either love one and despise the other, or love the other and despise that one. And then he picks money to be the issue that he says you can't love God and money. So I totally agree that there's lots of opportunities to give as it relates to how we serve and how we help that doesn't involve money. But that doesn't mean I do that to the exclusion of money. Okay. In the same way that I would say to a person who has significant resources and they go, I don't really want to serve in the church. I just want to stroke a check. No, that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, as each one of you has received a gift, employ it in serving one another. So we don't strike a che- stroke a check to, uh, so we don't serve and we don't serve so that we don't give. That would be my answer to that. Mm-hmm. Um. This question referencing the ladder of giving that's been taught before. I understand the ladder of giving you have taught with the family and local body to be the priority in giving, but how do you discern what ministries or people to give to when there's so much need? Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a that's a this is a challenging question, not because I don't have an answer to that, because it presupposes a fair amount of information to people who don't know the ladder of giving. So uh I'm going to try and answer this with the uh, assumption you know the ladder of giving, since that's the question. If you don't, email us, and I'll send you a sermon on the ladder of giving instead of trying to re-give it now and, and <laughs> yeah. using all the time. So, yes, the first rung, because of 1 Timothy 5, uh, it says that if we don't care for our family, we're worse than an unbeliever. So... We care for our family. The local church is our spiritual family. And the scripture commands, give to those materially, to those who invest in you spiritually. And we're family, and so we care for the poor among our local church. So those are the bottom two rungs, if you will. A ladder moving upward. So first rung family, second rung church. Third rung, how do you decide with all of these other ministries? <clears throat> well, you could call me and I'd help you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, 
you decide, I decide, according to how God has formed my heart in terms of mm. what I love. So there's lots of ministries out there that are good ministries, mm-hmm. God-glorifying ministries. Some connect to what I think is important to the Lord and is important to me. That's the crosshairs you're looking for. What's important to the Lord? What's important to me? So when it comes to beyond the local church, what's important to me? The gospel where it has not gone. So that's always going to rise to the top in my own hanging. Not that other people who are working uh, in missions and around the world where the gospel is already gone are not important and not valuable for my own heart. That's why I want to be very clear. For my own heart, I know on the Lord's heart is the gospel going to every tongue, tribe, people, and nation. But that's also on my heart. So that's how I prioritize. Now, I have then, there's jillions of, not jillions, there's thousands of people who work among the unreached peoples there. How do I decide there? Relationship. So uh, I don't just randomly look up somebody. We have people at the chapel who are engaged in reaching the unreached. I have a relationship with them. I'm going to invest in them. So that's how I choose. You may go, uh, it's not the type of ministry that's so important to me. It's the, the person knowing the person. And so you may go, I'm not sure I totally love what they're doing, but I love them and I want to invest in them. Go for it. Uh, you see what I'm saying? There's something that what's on God's heart and what's on my heart and beyond caring for your family, uh, the local church ministry beyond that, you get to you get to choose. And actually, I've written a pamphlet uh, called I can't remember what it's called, but it's specifically how do you decide um, <clears throat> where to give mm-hmm. once you get beyond the family and the church mm-hmm. and uh if you'd like that, email me, dougrcfcjacks.com, and I'll get you a copy of it. I think it's a, a great question. I think it's a great we've question. all felt like, oh, can I say no? You know what? <clears throat> oh, I feel terrible if I right. can't give to every short-term <clears throat> mission right. letter or something that I receive. Um, but there's opportunity for those regular giving, those unique <clears throat> givings, like readiosity. Right. There's always So here's another example. <clears throat> Because I think life is on God's heart, mm-hmm. and I'm very appreciative of what a ministry like here in Jacksonville, First Coast Women's Services does mm-hmm. in providing opportunity for those who are pregnant to see a sonogram. I remember our kids, what it was like to see a sonogram. I go, wow, that is life. I hear a heartbeat there. Absolutely. I appreciate what they do. I think that's on God's heart, and we support First Coast Women's Services, even though that's not reaching the unreached. So I didn't mean that there's only one thing I give to. What I'm saying is I have priorities Mm -hmm. that I know are important to God and that for whatever reason, God has put on my heart as well. I know people who love campus ministry. They Mm -hmm. love because maybe they came to Christ or they grew in Christ in college and they're like, man, I want to support people in college because that's when life is really being formed. And so they give to College ministry. That's the beauty of the New Testament giving, not a defined amount in an exact place, but you get to, as God has prospered you, to purpose in your heart how you want to invest in his expanding kingdom. 
So good encouragement. It's awesome. Good encouragement. Uh, so continue, or coming back to saving, I have a question. How do we know what is a, reason, a reasonable amount of money to keep in reserve? Huh. Well, I can sound like every other financial advisor on the planet mm-hmm. and say three to six months in reserve. And I'm not mocking that. That's, there's good wisdom mm-hmm. there because, sure. again— we should not base our lives on the uncertainty of what the future holds. We don't know what the future holds. So it's wise to have saving. <clears throat> Typically, I don't look for us. I don't look at what I'm, uh, honestly, what I'm saving or what I'm sharing. I simply look at what I'm spending, what are our basic needs. And then I go, what would I need to be able to have, be able to provide because it's God glorifying to pay my bills? What do I need to pay my bills for three to six months and have that as short term reserve? Mm-hmm. An emergency fund, as I've uh-huh. heard some yes. refer to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope I never have to use it. Right. But you know, it's there. But it's responsible. If you need it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could remember the reference in Proverbs. Uh, just Google it. The foolish man, uh, there is extra in the house of the wise man. The foolish man eats it all up or consumes it all up. And so uh, I've often given an example because uh, we, uh, four of us, go to lunch on Mondays. You, you've seen me plenty of times take my lunch, divide it in half, <laughs> and put it in the container and close it and get it away from me. Because if it stays in front of me, I'll eat the whole thing. But if I'll divide it in half and put it in a container, I can eat that one, that half on Tuesday lunch. That's just finances 101 right there. I take stuff that I know I could consume all at once. Uh, there's ample opportunity for me to spend everything I make mm-hmm. every month. But I take it and I put it in, if you will, places that it won't get consumed. So I put it in a sharing Buckets and I put it in saving buckets, short-term savings, long-term savings, and that, therefore I won't consume it. You got to get it out of the bucket, or you're going to consume it. Absolutely. And what a joy it is when you have it there. You know, I think you said the AC going out. That happened yeah. to us a couple of years ago, but yeah. we had allocated a maintenance fund, and we were able to get a new AC, and it was okay. It's not fun to have to spend the money, no. but we, you're prepared to do that, and so then it didn't impact. Giving her other things. And, that I'm were never, yeah, and I'm never hesitant to say, Lord, this is an AC unit. We lived over off a of turkey scratch, a couple miles from the church. And we had our AC unit. We came back out of town at one working. I was like, ah, oh, man, I called a guy out. He said, you're going to have to get a brand new unit. I said, Lord, it's your money, not mine. I hate to spend it on another AC unit. Doesn't seem that old. And praying about it. Uh, somebody counseled me, maybe get a second opinion. Got a second opinion. Guy came out and said, I don't know what happened here, but somebody rewired your outside unit to make it look like it's bad. They switched two wires. Guy charged me $42, switched the wires back, and wow. the Lord healed my unit. So I ever hesitate to ask the Lord to not have to use his resources on physical stuff. If we do, we do. If right. not, it's more to be able to invest otherwise. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Never anything too small to pray about. Yeah. And that seemed pretty big. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's big. (laughs) That is a very big one. Yeah. Very, very big one. Uh, Well, anything uh, from the message, maybe you didn't have time to fit in or an additional encouragement that you would like to share this morning? Yeah. I want to make sure that if tithing has been your entire life, then you don't feel like I ran over you or I just blew up and called you wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong to tithe. I'm just saying that that's not the spirit of New Testament teaching. Mm. So it got blown up for me. Nobody blew it up for me. I blew it up for me because I started, I had to study to teach giving. And I was like, oh man, I can't teach what I've always been taught. I don't see it. So Jackie and I were in this new place. How do we deal with this? Because thankfully, we had taught to tithe. And I know lots of people who say they believe in tithing. The studies say people who believe in tithing actually only give 2.3%. So that's not a tithe, 10%. (laughs) Thankfully, because of my training growing up in my family, uh, we had practiced, even when we were really, really poor, we had practiced tithing. So we were already at a 10%. So when the Lord blew that up, well, when the scripture blew it up, it wasn't like, oh, man, now I don't have to give 10% anymore. I was like, well, we're already giving 10%. We have freedom to say, Lord, are you prospering us to be able to do more? And, And what really hit me was this. As the Lord blesses more, and I only tithe 10%, then my living power, if you will, grows dramatically, while my sharing, giving power, only Mm. grows a little bit. Right. And I began to ask myself, is that that really honoring the owner's money? So since we had already had established baseline— our, our, and this is our, this is not, I'm, I'm going on thin ice here, man. Uh, not suggesting this for everybody or um, that this will always be true. Our pattern has been to say, Lord, as you prosper us every year, we're going to try to increase our percentage of our giving, not just our giving, but our percentage mm-hmm. as a way of trusting him to meet our needs and to not be overwhelmed by fear. And on plenty of occasions, there's been a prompting of the Lord uh, prior to a review of my job performance by the elders and been prompted to the Lord to go, if they gave you an increase, you had enough for last year. There's always more to spend on. Uh, there's been times where the Lord's been, if I give you more, just give it all instead of a percentage of it. Mm -hmm. So there's been different times throughout the years of saying, I want to continue to increase my percentage. Will I be able to do that in retirement? I don't know. I scratched my head about that. That seems like, I don't know how that's going to happen. But hey, uh, I don't have to figure out what the Lord wants me to do 20 years from now. I need to figure out what the Lord wants me to do now. Right. So it's been to say, how can I build on a base 
that the Lord established in tithing, mm-hmm. um, not saying tithing is wrong. So maybe the Lord will guide you in that regard. Well, thank you so much for your questions uh, today. And we really hope you have a great day. And we really look forward to seeing you on Christmas Eve. Have a great day.